The sermon is entitled, It Just Seemed All Wrong. And what I'm going to ask you to do this morning is try to clear your mind of all the customary um, associations you make with the Christmas story and try to look at it from a little different light, a little different perspective, because if we had put a committee together and come up with the best way to bring the Son of God into the world, it would have never looked like this. Luke 2, 1 through 20 is a familiar story, but look at it in a little bit different lens. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be enrolled. And this was the first enrollment when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be enrolled, each to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to be delivered. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in that region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone round them and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy which shall come to all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying which had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary kept all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Let's bow together. God, had you not come in the way you came, there wouldn't have been hope for any of us. Because who among us could have identified with the king who was born in a palace and set on a throne? But instead you came as a baby in a manger, in a stable, behind a crowded inn in Bethlehem. And it doesn't get much lower than that. And because of that, there's hope for us all. In Jesus' name, amen. I have a cursory sort of outline for you in your worship bulletin this morning, but I just wanted us to think for a few minutes about how wrong all of this seemed at Christmas. But let me start off by asking you if you got everything you wanted for Christmas. 
In the early service, we had several children there, and they were all nodding their head, yes, because children always get everything they want. Susan and I make lists for one another and, and check them off, and that way I can be sure that I get most of what she wants. Um, but then sometimes she buys her own gifts and gives them to me to wrap. And I'm so thankful for gift bags today. But there's, there's very little about Christmas that surprises us anymore. I remember some of the best gifts I have given, and, and you too perhaps, are those that were a complete surprise. But there's an element of risk there. What if they don't want it? What if it doesn't fit? And it's always kind of humorous to go by Walmart and the customer service line the day after Christmas and see how long that line is. People bringing things back that didn't fit or weren't quite right or were too expensive or didn't work. I remember being so excited last year getting Catherine a jacket from overseas and everything. I was just so happy for it. It didn't fit. And I was so disappointed. To give something that you're excited about that does work and then something that doesn't work. It's that flavor in the Christmas story that I want us to look at this morning because in some ways this surprise of God by sending his son a baby in a manger, it just seemed all wrong, completely wrong, completely surprising, totally unexpected. For one thing, it was the completely wrong gift it was in the days of Caesar Augustus. That's the first verse in chapter 2. A decree went out from Caesar Augustus. And why did Luke give us this Caesar and, and Quirinius governor of Syria? Because Luke wanted us to know that Jesus came in a specific day and time and place. It wasn't just a myth out there. It wasn't just a legend. But there were specific uh, governors and, and rulers and areas and regions, all of which can be historically corroborated. It was in the days of Caesar Augustus. And it came as a surprise. I know y'all have heard the story about the children's sermon in another church. The pastor was talking to the children and he was trying to communicate to them how much God cares for all the animals, especially the smallest of animals. And he squatted down in their midst and said, I want, I want you to tell me who I'm pretending to be. I'm gray and I have a long furry tail and I live in the forest and no one raised their hands. And so he continued, well, I, I go and I have a soft furry skin and I gather nuts and I hide them in the winter and I build a nest up in the trees. And finally, a little girl raises her hand and the minister nods to her and she says, I know the answer is supposed to be Jesus, but it sure sounds like a squirrel to me. We know the answer is supposed to be Jesus. We know that, but think for a moment about the world in which he entered. It, were, it was the days of Caesar Augustus. The days of Caesar Augustus. What were those days even like when he was Caesar? Well, those were the days of wonderful peace. The greatest peace the ancient world had ever known. Peace had come because of a, his predecessor, Julius Caesar, who tragically died a, few years earlier. Julius Caesar had established an empire even greater than um, Alexander the Great. You know, Alexander conquered the known empire, but it had extended in subsequent centuries, and Julius Caesar conquered even those. 
And when Julius Caesar was about to take control of the empire from the Senate, the Senate found out about it. And you know the story about how his friends surrounded him one day on the way to the Senate and killed him. And he looked at Brutus and said, you too, Brutus, et tu, Brute. And following that, Rome was plunged into disarray, anarchy, and civil war. But then a new ruler rises to the surface. It's Caesar Augustus. He is declared to be a savior and a god among the Roman people. His birthday becomes a world holiday and every Roman city builds a shrine in his honor and lifts up a banner across its city gates that say, Augustus Caesar, the savior of the world. And so it was Caesar Augustus the world had and it was all the world wanted. And it it had everything it thought it needed. And what a foolish thing for God to send a baby into a world of Caesar Augustus and then declare that this baby would be the one to bring peace on earth. That was exactly what they didn't need. They had the peace of Caesar Augustus. Caesar had brought them peace from warfare. They had the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome. But there was still no peace in the human heart. And that's what Jesus brought. And so in the days of Caesar Augustus, when all the world was basking in the peace of prosperity and the peace of power and the peace of success, here comes God throwing a baby into the mix. It's a gift that nobody thought they needed. And that's the whole point of it. We've got Caesar, they said. We have a God sitting on a throne in Rome. And God sent a baby lying in a manger in a stable. It just seemed all wrong. But that's how God does things. And not only was it the wrong gift, but it came wrapped in the wrong package. Because Mary gave birth to a baby and wrapped him in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. God's gift at Christmas seemed like the wrong gift, but it was also the wrong package. If God were going to send us a gift, as if we really needed one when we had Caesar Augustus in Roman peace, but if he were going to send us a gift, surely it wouldn't be one wrapped up in a package like a baby. I mean, if the one true God is going to send a gift to earth during the days of Caesar Augustus, then wouldn't that gift be greater and more powerful than any of Caesar's armies? If the peace of Caesar isn't big enough, then send us a bigger one. At least that's what you and I would do if we were in charge of things. We would send a savior with his fist raised, ready to fight, ready to slug it out against all of our enemies and free us from the servitude of of Rome. But what does this strange God of surprises do instead? He sends a helpless little baby who can't even take care of himself. What kind of God is that? We look for big gifts and big packages. We look for power and might. We look for someone who's going to come on a white stallion and turn the world upside down. And then God goes and does something like this. Preacher, poet George Herbert, several centuries ago, put it like this. 
They all were looking for a king to slay their foes and lift them high. Thou camest a little baby thing that made a woman cry. We want God to storm into our world to take our side in all the vicious battles of life to lay our enemies low and transform our existence miraculously. We want God to play like Santa Claus and give us everything we want at Christmas. But somehow, he goes on being God, giving us not what we want, but what we need. Someone who knows us as we are, someone who can identify us, who shares all that it means to be human in all of its lowliest forms. It's the wrong size package. We want great and powerful God comes small and vulnerable. It's just wrong. Surprising. But not only did God send the wrong gift in the wrong package, it seems like he could have at least sent it to the right people. But once again, he sent it to the wrong people. In that region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And those are the ones that the angel appeared to. And a multitude of the heavenly chorus sang to. To whom do you give Christmas gifts? To whom do you mail Christmas cards? To your friends, right? To those from whom you might actually get something in return? To nice people, respectable people. Well, you might send a card to a crazy relative that you aren't real excited about, but even relatives can come through unexpectedly at Christmas. Y'all know what I'm talking about. When God gives us his Christmas gift, though, he sends it to shepherds in a field outside of Bethlehem. Now, why were they outside of Bethlehem? Because they weren't allowed inside. We like shepherds. They seem nice enough dressed up in our Christmas pageants and standing in the background in nativity scenes. But in Jesus' day, listen, shepherds were despised. They were the lowest on the socioeconomic scale. They worked with sheep. They smelled terrible. They herded their sheep across property lines and trespassed and stole. They were they moved around like gypsies, and so they ran the local black market. You couldn't trust a shepherd. They lied, and so they were forbidden from even testifying in court. They were dirty, disgusting thieves as far away from decent, self-respecting, law-abiding folks as you could get. And then God, doesn't he know what's to do, what's right and what's wrong? Can't he see the things the way we do? God sends his best choir out into the night skies to sing the chorus to a bunch of people who don't even appreciate good music. So here's the greatest wonder of God's Christmas giving. He sends his present to all the wrong people. And that's kind of ironic because here we are in church today all dressed up, supposedly nice people, trying to do the right thing. And I've got to be honest, it makes me a little nervous to think that God just might be somewhere else today. 
somewhere where the people aren't quite so nice, not quite so dressed up. On another corner in our town, maybe not as nice as this one. One critic of Christianity said, other religions invite those in with clean hands and clear conscience, but you Christians just let anybody come in. Anyone who is sinful, weak, and wretched as if you were trying to assemble a gang of thieves. And I say to that, amen. God bless us. So that was God's Christmas present. It was the wrong gift, wrapped up in the wrong package, and worst of all, sent to the wrong people. They gave the announcement of peace, peace on earth. They already had the peace of Caesar Augustus. But now, here comes the peace of Christ. Because whereas the peace of Caesar Augustus may have forced nations to lay down their arms, the peace of Christ came to the lost and the least and the last and helped them lay down their sins. There's a big difference between laying down your weapons and laying down your sins. One, someone can force you to do. The other, someone can offer you to do. And that's what Jesus did when he came. A hospital was having terrible problems in its maternity ward. The walls and the ceilings were all made of plaster and it had a linoleum floor and so the noise in the nursery echoed and bounced around off the walls, off the ceiling until one crying baby woke up all the other babies and they started crying. And so the place became a constant den of wailing infants. Someone suggested they put some speakers in the ceiling and play music to soothe the crying babies in some way. And so they did that. And they tried different kinds of music, different kinds of soothing sounds. But you know what recording made the biggest difference? What most quieted their little minds and hearts? The greatest quiet happened when they piped into the nursery the sound of a human heartbeat. A human heartbeat. A heartbeat that said to those terrified little babies, someone is standing watch. Someone's in control. Somebody's heart beats over us in love. Folks, peace is not just the absence of warfare. Any old king can do that. Peace comes in the presence of Jesus where someone cares enough to be over us and make things right for all of God's people. There's a popular song on contemporary Christian radio that I actually listen to. Usually I can't make out all the words on the radio, but I was listening to this one and Tony Rowe actually sang it in the early service this morning. It's entitled, What a Strange Way to Save the World. Joseph is speaking and he says, why me? I'm just a simple man of trade. Why him with all the rulers in the world? Why here 
inside this stable filled with hay. Why her? She's just an ordinary girl. Now, I'm not one to second guess what angels have to say, but this is such a strange way to save the world. Christmas came to an outsider looking like a wrong gift in a wrong package to the wrong people. But it was and is and forever will be the greatest gift of all ever given to man. Offered to you and me. And because he came as a baby in a manger, a humble birth, he comes to you and me the same way today. Not lording it over us, kicking the door down, forcing his way in, but gently knocking and asking and hoping that you will open up that door and let him in. Let's bow together. God, from a worldly perspective, it looked like the wrong gift and the wrong package to the wrong people. But in your wisdom and grace, it was the perfect gift in the perfect manner to all people. And because of that, whosoever will may come Whosoever desires to open up their hearts and invite you in, you will come in. And so I pray there are those here today who can see their need and welcome a baby in a manger into their hearts this Christmas. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.